Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Sights on Sino. Here we are on our path to Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, covering the adventures of our heroes, Ash, Dawn, and Brock as they travel through the Sinnoh region. And this week we have one of our rotating co-hosts, Manny, back with us. How's it going? Pretty good, Will. Pretty good. Uh, I will have to admit that uh, this week for me has been a bag of mixed emotions, uh, starting with uh, me watching the episode 74 and 75 of Pokemon Journeys, which was just amazing. Um, Ooh, okay. There's this amazing battle sequence in episode 75 that I thought was just... They, they knocked it out of the park. Uh, if you're if you're not worried about uh, spoilers, well, I'll, I'll send you the the video just to see it because the animation in and the sequence in in that in that um that battle was just like up notch. Like, um, like Journeys is really like, bring, putting bringing out like every tr bag or trick in their bag. Uh, so yeah, I started hyped, and then I d I uh, started watching season two of of Diamond and Pearl, and the first two episodes just broke me. They oh. just broke me. I cried during the Chimchar moment. I cried during the James and Cacnea episode. <laughs> I was just like, no, why are they doing this? Like why? <laughs> like back to back, back to yeah. back. Yeah. It didn't let me rest at all, back to back. And then, you know, um, I was still feeling it, just like James in the in the uh, couple of episodes. And we get to this episode, and you know what? I'm burning up now. So, uh, I'm I'm pump up. I'm pump up now because of this episode. Yeah, I was gonna say it really does an interesting job to take you through a range of emotions in just these first few episodes here, and. Um, I also can relate to that for sure, especially for this first episode, which is uh, episode six of Battle Dimension titled Nosing Around the, Nosing Around the Mountain. Uh, they do that little apostrophe thing in front of the R. And the synopsis here is basically Ash and Turtwig are fighting a trainer named Alan who is using a nose pass and... In the middle of this battle, they they both <laughs> they both like Manny was saying are like getting pumped up and kind of challenging each other to do this um, while battling on Mount Cornet. And as Turtwig tries to kind of move the battle in this weird dynamic where they're like, "Hey, we're so pumped up, let's like start running as we battle." Alan interrupts and says, "Hey, let's not do that." As they get to the edge of Mount Cornet, because Snowpass—I <laughs> almost said Snowpass. Nosepass <laughs> can only evolve here on Mount Cornet, and this is where we discover an in-game mechanic of Nosepass only evolving while leveling up on Mount Cornet, uh, which it soon does, evolving into the Rock and Steel type Purple Pass before being kidnapped by Team Rocket. Yeah, we are introduced to Alan, not to be confused with Alan from XYE, the series. And uh, I, I, I was super hyped when I heard um, Alan scream because the minute I heard that scream, I said to myself, that scream sounds familiar. 
Oh, let me keep let me keep hearing his voice because I think I know who this is, and I was right. Uh, I didn't even have to look it up. I looked it up like right after the episode just to prove that I was right. But this is the the legendary Sean Schimmel, who many of you know as the Saiyan warrior Son Goku. What? Uh, yeah, this is uh, Goku's voice actor. Um, the the minute you hear him scream, you can you can definitely hear that 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 oh my uh, scream that Goku has when he powers up. I was like, oh my god, this is so cool because uh, I think he was part of the the Four Kids uh, network. It was cool to see them bring him in. So yeah, that definitely um, makes Alan uh, one of my uh, most uh, highly esteemed characters that have shown up in these uh, first six episodes so far. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I had no clue, but now that you pointed out, it makes a lot of sense, especially with how this character is depicted. Yeah, so they definitely knew what they were doing when picking him for this specific character. Okay, this makes me a little more forgiving of this episode, because to me it felt like it was very rushed in a lot of ways, but... Now that it, it seems like it's a a <laughs> a subtle Dragon Ball Pokemon crossover, yeah, <laughs> you could say, that, yeah. I I definitely am, am more open to to how they show and execute this episode. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and his Japanese voice actor does a good job too of of uh, showing off that like hyperactiveness of the character who in. The sub is named Atsuo. Um, so yeah, they, they both definitely, both uh, Sean Schimmel and, and the Japanese voice actor did uh, a really good job putting off his enthusiasm, his um his fighting spirit, and just like how determined he is. Yes, that is the biggest personality trait that he has for sure. Um, and as a trainer... It does seem a little weird that Nose Pass is his Pokemon. Just in yeah, terms does, of personality. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I, I I guess it's like a yin and yang thing, I guess we could say, because he's very he's very um loud and he's very boisterous and he's 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 um kinda like a like a firecracker and, and then you <laughs> have Nose Pass that's like calm and, and cool and collected. It was really cool to find out uh, that Nosepass needs to be on Mount Coronet uh, to evolve. So since I haven't played the games, um, do do they tell you this? Or is it something that you kind of have to figure out on your own? That's a good question. I feel like at some point there's probably an NPC that tells you. Um, but I, I always found that really cool. Though I don't think Nose Pass is the easiest to get, at least in Diamond and Pearl. It might be easier in Platinum. Um, but I I never did all of the Mount Cornet evolutions, actually. I've been meaning to do that. But I definitely feel like that's a really cool way of explaining why these Pokemon that we've seen in past regions have never evolved into the the forms that we see now. In Gen 4. Yeah. Yeah, because for me, um, I didn't know how to get uh, Leafeon and Glaceon in uh, Sun and Moon. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to look that up. I, I at first thought it was like a specific stone. 
they needed. But I think in, in Sun and Moon, you have to go to, like... What was it? I think there was, like, a, a mossy like pillar that you go to get Leafy on. Like, your Eevee to evolve into Leafy on. Yeah, I actually oh. don't know about um, what they do in Alola, but I, I, it, that sounds about yeah. right. In yeah. Sinnoh, there's a mossy rock and an icy rock. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, because I... I, I and I was asking about Nosefest because... I don't remember ever talking to like an NPC that gave you like a hint or a clue about how to evolve. Oh, they probably did. They probably mm-hmm. did. I just don't remember um, if they did. So if uh, any of our listeners know this and let us know. Um, but yeah, I, I personally do not remember like there being a clue of like, oh, go this certain location. Uh, to evolve your Eevee into a Leafeon or to a Glaceon. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, I, I had to look that up do that. Yeah, I, I feel like, it, it, especially in these games, they kind of show you a bit. And then I remember in Gen 5, I just, like, happened to find the Icy Rock and, th- and think, oh, that's where I evolve Eevee for, like, later in the game when they get Eevee, I guess. But... If I hadn't played, I I would have no idea that that was that's what it was for. Uh, so so yeah, so we hear that um specific condition, no space needs to be on Mount Coronet to evolve, and and um I think this is also Ash's introduction to this specific uh what would you call this requirement? Evolutionary condition. Yeah, evolutionary condition. Uh, which is really cool that that they. Mm-hmm. They actually did that, you know, because sometimes the anime will kind of not stray from um, evolution conditions. Right. It was Yeah, it was really cool to get this, like, exposition and then, you know, uh, Ash still being fired up is like, okay, well then, let's, let's keep going. Like, we'll help you <laughs> out. Yeah, even Brock was like, it's weird that you don't want to move from Mount Cornette. Like, you should be an adaptable trainer. But then he explains, yeah, no, like, it's not like that. <laughs> Yes, that that's true. Uh, Goku never backs down from a fight, Brock. Yeah, um, so, <laughs> it wasn't like the wrong idea. Yeah, it wasn't that like he didn't want to adjust. It was just like he needs to specifically be there to evolve his uh, nose pass. Exactly. Yeah, um, and I think that's neat. Like especially for kids who maybe don't know and are watching, they can figure that out. Like, oh, that's how I'm supposed to do it. Then this is kind of like a strategy guide without having. To look up the strategy guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was it was definitely like uh, a good tip to give uh, to like trainers watching this. That right. When they got when they got their game, like they kind of knew. Okay, I need to go on coronet and evolve my nose pass. Exactly. You said it was like it was rare to find, right? Yeah, as far as I recall, nose pass isn't super common, even in like. Gen 3, I feel like it was hard to get. Uh, even though that was like the debut generation for this Pokemon. Uh, looking up its location, uh, it's available on Route 206 in Diamond and Pearl. And in Platinum, it's only available in uh, Mount Cornet itself. Um, but because Mount Cornet has a ton of different floors, it can vary in terms of what point in the game you can get it like yeah um 
for Diamond and Pearl, you can only get Nose Pass in swarms, as far as I can tell. So that's not something until that happens until after you beat the game. Yeah, so <laughs> not super strong of an of an accessible Pokemon. Probably the reason a lot of Pokemon or a lot of people don't find it. But then in Platinum, it's available um, with a twenty five percent encounter rate in um, on the second floor of Mount Cornet. Okay, that's that's good to know. So, um, mm-hmm. but what do you think in terms of the remakes that they'll do? God, I really hope they do Platinums because Diamond and Pearl has really weird choices and limits of when you can get Pokemon. Like, you can't get Eevee until you beat the main game. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and it, there's just so many improvements in terms of what Pokemon are available in there that, like, Emerald did some of, but, like, Platinum really went all in. And, like, okay, let's just make it, like, <laughs> not a chore to get these Pokemon. And and the 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 Eevee is it like in the current game where like uh, when you start the Olive Armor every Pokemon is the exact same level as your current roster team Pokemon? No, or is it like a lower level Eevee. The Eevee you get, I think, is like level five. Oh, you're gifted it, or you catch yeah. it? Yeah, uh, you're gifted it. Oh, okay. I was about. <laughs> I was gonna say. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, the hassle of like finding the the Pokemon you just kind didn't even bother to use. Uh, to oh a, yeah, I've Eevee just so you want to paint it with your your champion Pokemon. Oh no no, thankfully no. Um, okay, I think there is one other way. Yeah, there's one other way of getting Eevee, and it's in um in it's a real well actually I won't spoil it for you because it. It's related to the next episode. Um, but let's finish up rap talking about this one here since we've we've gone like halfway <laughs> on our yeah. time for this episode. <laughs> but I will this is also my take. I think the whole evolutionary explanation here for Nosepass is the strongest part of the episode for me. Really? Yeah, I I do like how Team Rocket seems kind of competent here. Mm-hmm. And and like is able to control Probopaz using this advanced radio technology and kind of implies that the, its connection to electromagnetic waves makes it vulnerable to that. Our heroes don't really step up to that level of competence and it makes it feel almost like they're just getting lucky in in how they're approaching the problem here and it's it just kind of falls apart for me at that point because like if you're going to elevate team rocket this way our heroes in my opinion should be able to elevate themselves as well to be that intelligent yeah i can see that yeah i i guess it was just me Pretty much being biased because Goku. Isn't <laughs> so I feel like Fair. that was the reason why I enjoyed it so much. Like every part of it I enjoyed. There wasn't 
except for um Provo Pass, but we'll get to that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, like I feel like okay, if you would have known that this was Goku, do you feel like there would have been a bit more bias in your opinion as well, or do you still think you would have felt the way you do about this episode? Um, I think it makes me appreciate Alan a bit more, but Alan wasn't the biggest problem for me. It was all our other regular main characters. Okay. So I don't think it would have made a bigger difference. Like maybe at the end, I'm going to give it like 0.5 more because I understand what's going on behind the scenes. (laughs) But in terms of the the rest, the core of the story and like following all these characters, it's not it doesn't have a huge impact on that. Like there's a scene where Alan is riding Probopass and he's asking uh, Ash and Dawn to shock him so they can try to get the helmet off Probopass. And like I kind of get what they're going for there and showing like. This character is similar to Goku in terms of sheer determination and ability to do what's right for his friends. But that plan also is not very strongly explained. (laughs) So the foundation of it kind of falls flat for me. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that point, but I feel like we've seen that with Ash as well. He just goes out of his way. Uh, and throws caution to the wind doesn't care about mm. getting hurt mm-hmm. except for that one Manectric episode where he was just like no get yeah. away from me uh, well, yeah uh, I will say even watching the, the sub version I still enjoyed the episode so I, I feel like it wasn't just the, the fact that uh, Goku's voice actor was in the episode that made me enjoy it mm-hmm. I think for me overall I definitely enjoy it and it it does have like it's it's moments of um like you said like the character's not really incompetent um but i i think it was funny overall because uh you know after it evolved to um past you know team rocket comes in they they catch it um and it attacks take it away and 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 you see Team Rocket um making well games making more of the helmets while Jesse's just lounging around mm-hmm. and Meowth is is making the controls and there's this part where uh Meowth motivates James and so he starts humming She'll be coming around the mountain but with Oh Um but I forgot what phrase he uses. He does have something with the antenna, but it like goes super fast that it was just like okay like that was just random <laughs> um so yeah i did i definitely didn't like that part of it but i did like that the fact that like meowth um wanted to use that specific probo pass as a kind of like a a garden pot for giovanni's roses and flowers <laughs> that that was pretty that was pretty funny and and the visual of of team rocket with their their army of nose pass and probo pass was pretty cool to see too yeah, that part is kind of interesting. Like, Probopass as, as a concept to be weaponized is actually pretty cool. Um, the thing about it is there's just so many moments where 
our heroes kind of do what they usually do in terms of attacking Team Rocket. And Team Rocket, like, inexplicably has the best reaction time ever. Uh, like, when Ash is trying to get this control, Jesse sends out Dust Talks and blows him away. Yeah. Uh, on the beach, when Pikachu tries to shock Team Rocket, Meowth shoots a rocket launcher net at them, and it just traps them in there. Um, and yeah, I'm and just... Then... L- uh-huh. There's a moment where Jesse's dust talks literally faints Buizo uh, with the side beam. Oh, it well, it confuses it actually. Oh, was it confused? Because I, I, you know, I usually like they do the those squiggly eyes, eyes right, right. indicates that it's fainted, that it fainted. But then, um, when Wobbuffet came, like, when it came back to consciousness, yeah, they were definitely like one step ahead of them mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah, um, and that in itself isn't bad. It's just that it kind of comes out of nowhere. And it's weird that they're trying to do this at the same time that they have uh, Pokemon's version of Goku also in this episode. Um, (laughs) And they, like, don't really confront each other in a direct way which is kind of weird um it's still and the end of the day at the end of the day is kind of more like our main heroes versus team rocket and then alan is kind of along for the ride trying to help probo pass and like if you're going to use the character and you're going to set up team rocket to be an actual challenge i would have found it a lot more satisfying in the narrative way if they were actually directly against each other. Yeah, I feel like Alan probably should have had a hard time with them mm-hmm. because he doesn't know who they are. Mm. Whereas the other three would kind of know by now after right many seasons. I mean, how many episodes? Um, <laughs> this is in the long uh scheme of things this is episode 524 yeah <laughs> but i for me I, I i do like it when when they kind of switch that up because it's mm-hmm. it's taking you out of the norm like the routine that you're used to like oh team rockets here they're going to try to take pikachu but they're going to fail whereas in this they were like step ahead of them so many times um and it it took uh, nose pass and, and Buizo to kind of distract them to, for them to finally get an edge on Team Rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I it, for me, I like when, when they do that and um, one of my favorite moments was in Sun and Moon. A specific Team Rocket moment. Um, I don't know if you've seen that episode. I'm not sure. Which one? Where they finally beat Ash after all these years. Oh! Like for me, that was like a a jaw dropper. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> what am I witnessing right now?" Um, so yeah, uh, I've 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 said it before, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Team Rocket fan, mm-hmm. just because of uh, the episodes back in the the Indigo League where kind of humanize them and and show you their their um, personality. And, and it's episode two of season two of um, this Battle Dimensions, right? Uh... Season. 
Yes, with yeah. yeah, episode two. Yeah, once again, you see like James being humanized. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, they always have like uh, a special place in my heart, and I always like Team Rocket uh, segments or, or specific episodes focused on them. Um, so yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely for me. It's kind of like a moral victory when they kind of beat Ash. Huh. Like, oh. yeah, I see that though. For me, I think it's almost more satisfying when Team Rocket is good and they win and don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> like, that's that's the part that I think humanizes them the most. And then this, it's cool to see them be an actual threat, but it's weirdly, like, rushed to undo undo this like status quo change almost yeah i can see that I, yeah mm-hmm. i think it was just a, a studio just wanting to kind of like mix things up a bit i guess yeah yeah um so, though yeah. i liked it more than <laughs> than alan and ash just kind of yelling at each other oh uh, don't tell me you didn't like that no, oh, i no. like it Slightly more because now I know that it's Goku. Uh, well, but... there goes there go, there go <laughs> my segment of making a screen to burn each other up. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that segment no. is out the window now. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I will say about that. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like Allen's came off naturally his scream because mm. uh, it starts off low and, and mm-hmm. it comes well. Obviously, it's natural because he's been doing it for years. You know, like the, yes. And you go mm-hmm. Super Saiyan and, and all this and that. Whereas Ash just came off annoying to me. Like, oh my yeah. god. Um, Ash, yeah. like... <laughs> I, I can't blame him, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. That's, I think, the part that barred me specifically. Yeah, I said before that the reason I, I stopped watching was because of the voice actors. And this just proved my case. So. <laughs> I don't... I don't know even if I blame the voice actors because, like, this is very clearly Alan's voice actor is a male, and both times Ash has been voiced by a woman. I don't think either of them could necessarily match him in that capacity <laughs> against Goku specifically. <laughs> I, I feel like his original VA could have kept up. Um, she. I, I feel like when they made the the changes in, in voice actors, they wanted to keep it the same. Like, oh, you need to sound like specific mm-hmm. actors. So I think that's that's why there's, like, a disconnect for me. Because mm. um, we know how, like, James had, like, a, a very fancy manner of talking. Um, and, and with this one, it just sounds like, like a fake in British accent. <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, I've seen some episodes recently replayed of the advanced series, and mm-hmm. now those kind of sound dated to me. And I don't know if it's just like the audio quality or because I like know how the new voice actors portray them. Yeah, it's it's probably that. Like where you're you're accustomed to mm-hmm. the way they sound. Yeah, because even like to me, Piplup will always be Piplup because of. Um, it's voice actor. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I mean, like, I know what Piplup sounds like, whereas I feel like if I went back to Advanced Battle and I heard Cacnea, mm. probably be like, oh, is that what it sounded like before the change? Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, so Viper as well. To me, so Viper's current uh, voice actor in, in this is, uh, Diamond and Pearl uh, series will always be so Viper. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I went back, I'd probably be like, I'd probably prefer this current generation than right. the old ones. Yeah, so I think it's just us being accustomed to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like I said, I, I noticed right off the bat that this was Goku because I'm accustomed to his voice. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, one thing that for me was a debut that I, I I don't think I've ever seen at all, even in the games, was Magnet Bomb. Oh um, right, yeah. So for me that was really cool to see. I didn't, I honestly didn't know this was a move that existed. Oh really? Yeah. And then also when I saw Zap Cannon, I, I thought they had probably misworded it because it reminds <laughs> me so much about Energy Ball. Like they just mm. have like the same color right. aesthetic. I was like, hmm, did they get this wrong? Um, <laughs> but um, because in the game it doesn't look like that, right? Zap Cannon? Uh, I think it looks pretty similar. Oh, does it? Okay, then I was probably... Th- yeah. Oh, okay. I got it confused with Sonic Boom. Yeah. Oh, that might be because it, yeah. I was like, yeah, it looks like a specific... But yeah, definitely. Magnet Bomb. This was my first time um, witnessing this attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we see Alan use on Team Rocket. Um, so... If you know anything about this uh, specific type of attack, sure. Feel free to let me know. Magnet like bomb actually inflicts damage and bypasses accuracy checks to always hit. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of like swift for steel types, uh. But it is not effective against targets that have the ability bulletproof. So so if. It, it bypasses, so if, like, um, a trainer were to use Sand Attack on my Pokemon, that wouldn't affect it? Correct, yes. It has oh, okay. perfect accuracy every time. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's cool to know. Yeah. Um, I'll, keep an, I'll keep an eye on it. <laughs> yeah, move. it's only 60 power, but it's a decent oh, okay. stereotype move. Um, Is I w- it still active hmm? in, in this current gen, like Gen, gen 8? Move? I think so, yeah. Uh oh wait, actually. <laughs> uh I don't think it is. I think it oh, ended not. in Gen 7. Oh man, I'm too late then. <laughs> yeah. Oh unless well, it comes back. Yeah, unless it comes back, right? Okay. Because There's it de- it debuted in Diamond and Pearl, so Okay, uh, so if it comes if it comes back then <laughs> that confirms that we're getting a third DLC so they can bring oh, back no, Metal Ball. No, no. <laughs> uh and okay. do you want to guess? There's literally only five Pokemon that can learn this move. Magnet Bomb. By leveling up, yeah. Mm, obviously, Probo Pass, right? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, That's one. Uh, I'm gonna say... Elix? No. No, okay. Uh, Agron. No. Jeez. Metagross. No, it's really obvious. Think of the name. Think of the name. Magnezone. Yes. Okay. Uh, you said there's more, right? Is it just the whole line? Like the Magna whole line, line for Magnezone? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you said how many? Five, right? Yeah, so that's four. Four. So nose pass? No, actually. Mm. It's a mythical. Oh, jeez, I don't know any of the, uh, the Diamond and Pearl mythical. That's, fu- that's fine. It is 
Uh, Gen 5, the... actually. Oh, Gen 5, okay. Is it one of the swords? No. Oh, okay. Well, just tell me. I'm... Sure, <laughs> it is Genesect. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It's, right, it's uh, all Pokemon that have to do with, like, electricity and metal, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's literally it, so that's why they got rid of it, probably. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, so it's definitely not a um, very popular move, but I think it's kind of neat. I, it, my imagination is that it would use its little nose thingies to, like, throw them at, uh, at its target, and that would be the magnet bomb. So I was kind of surprised when it made it more like an energy field that it threw at Team Rocket. So yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode. Like, yes, it, it, it kind of starts it where it begins, or begins, yeah. ends where it begins. Uh, yeah, and um, Dawn comes in with like her, they're really turning it, the heat up puns. Um, yeah. Because I were pretty... Pretty subpar. <laughs> but, um, Dawn does not get a lot of time here, unfortunately. No, definitely not. Not in this episode. But just like, all right, it's the Goku episode. I'll give it to you. <laughs> but what would you rate this episode? Nosing around the mountain. Well, I mean, it came in with a, a very, very high. <laughs> A notch um, mm-hmm. rating, but then you kind of like brought it down for me, so things a lot. Well, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I definitely give it an eight. Like I said, I, I definitely really? enjoy this. Yeah, okay. I, I really enjoy this episode. May, may, probably mainly because, no, not really. I mean, the fact that Goku was here added to it, but um, mm-hmm. me, it was, I think, just the, the energy of Alan, mm-hmm. the character. Mm hmm. Uh, Definitely, like, got me pumped up because it wasn't something I was expecting um, to see. Mm-hmm. I think because uh, this character just you know, was introduced, so I think most of the time some characters are more, like, calm and collected or, or like, the the little annoying Joy page. I think that was her name, right? Oh, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I in terms of character, I definitely liked personality and i like that um he he was determined to train with his nose pass to get it up to a probo pass yeah their goal of of um winning the sino league be accomplished um but i, I don't know if it's just me mm-hmm. but i've noticed that a lot of new characters feel more like they belong in different animes Oh really? Uh, yeah, and I'll give an example like the the engineer. Um, I think he belonged different from the um the B barrel episode just because his hair was his head was like super tube shaped. Um, oh, it's, it's yeah, like it's like yeah, it's not something we're used to in the the Pokemon, or at least me. Um, not used to. And then there was the, the old lady in the Spirit Tomb episode. I mean, she kind of reminded me of, like, a character you would see in, a, like, a Studio Ghibli film. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because the way she was, like, exaggerating, like, like when she would open her mouth, like, you would just see, like, two teeth. Yeah. Um, definitely gave me, like, those vibes. And then with Alan as well, like, he felt like he was the main character of, like, a different type of shonen. Kind of, like, <laughs> you would see him, like, maybe in a Beyblade type of universe. 
mm. or or something kind of to do with that. So um, I don't know if it was like intentional for them to like pay homages to different types of anime. But for right. me, it felt like they were bringing inspiration from different types of anime. Yeah, I that's an interesting observation. I think that's actually really cool now that you pointed out because there's so many episodes that I can think of in in past seasons where they just use like generic models mm-hmm. for characters. Yeah. And that just makes them much so much more forgettable, but with these episodes even though they're not technically like main story progression things the characters and the tone do add a lot in shaping the identity of each of these i started with gen 3 and very few jota pokemon were in that game uh just in comparison but When I get to Sinnoh and, like, I see these Pokemon again, I'm like, well, I know they aren't very good and they're not, like, interesting. But then learning about their evolutions to me made me so much more curious and motivated to catch them and train them and, like, see how they interact with everything that there is here. And even really give them a second chance in many ways. Like... With Rosalia, especially, is is when that comes to mind. Getting a baby and then a a next evolution with Roserade, um, like Nosepass. Like I would, t- I would just be like, yeah, whatever. Like <laughs> if when playing Gen three, but like understanding, like, oh no, there's more to this Pokemon that's new in this game and gives you a reason to to try and use it again. Um, was something that I really liked about it, and probably also the. Like I mentioned before, still one of my favorite parts of this episode. But understanding now the production side of things and how Goku's voice actor is representing Alan and Goku in spirit here, I think I would rate this episode a 6 out of 10. That's fair. And uh, I definitely uh, understood your your point of liking those evolutions. I think that's one of the, the good things about having a fandom when it comes to like uh these types of like pokemon digimon Yu-Gi-Oh. everyone has everyone has like their different points of view and i feel like if you actually take the time to listen to someone instead of just bashing them being like oh no your opinion is dumb um and and just taking the time to actually listen like you kind of see the perspective and and understand more as to why certain things uh, are for certain fans, like me not being a fan of the evolutions, but you being a fan of those evolutions and kind of like seeing each other's point of view, um, I think that it's it's what makes Pokemon one of like, like such a great franchise because there's so many different um, opinions, although sometimes they can be negative. Um, when it comes to the positive ones, I think it's just what makes. Uh, us as a uh, as a, a fan of of this franchise, uh, even bigger fans, right? And like something to keep in mind: people who don't like those evolutions don't even have to evolve them, really. Like, yeah, that's, that's kind true. of the, the neat thing about the Sinnoh evolutions is that 
they only evolve if they learn a certain move or you use a certain item or evolve them in a specific location like with uh, Probopass today. So yeah. it's it's all up to preference for sure. But yeah, definitely, um, yeah if, if they're like the type that don't really want to complete the entire decks, there's those people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, there's definitely, you don't, it's not a, like a necessity. Yeah. If you don't want to. Exactly. And kind of speaking of connections to the past with Pokemon moving here into Sinnoh, this leads us to our next episode titled Luxray Vision. Uh, the blurb here is hoping to find a place to stay for the night. Our heroes visit an imposing manor where instead they're almost mistaken for thieves by Marble, a self-proclaimed super duper ace detective who's also Professor Jenny's student. Matthew, the manor's owner, received word that the Bandit Beauties 3 were coming to steal his treasure, and Marble promised to stop them. Despite her promise, she's secretly worried that her Luxray, who hasn't obeyed her ever since it evolved, is not going to listen to her as we see this episode play out. So, the... <laughs> there's a lot to say about this as someone who's played the game uh, okay. but I'm going to let you start and, and kind of get your thoughts of what happens here yeah. as our heroes walk up to the door and are just like bombarded by floodlights <laughs> yes. so so before we start uh, I'm going to correct you it's not Professor Jenny it's Officer Jenny oh excuse me come Daisy on, Professor well, <laughs> come on well they're well, all officers she- in Marble makes Marble makes her look like a professor. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it starts off uh, them thinking they're lost because they feel like they. I think they've been walking for a long time, and and Brock telling them, "Oh no, they're like the town is just up ahead." Yes, and then and, they get there, yeah. and they're like, "Uh, yeah. Brock." <laughs> they run into this big old mansion, and I was like, "Oh my god, please don't let it be Malice in Wonderland Part Two, please no." Oh. Uh, I was like, no, I know mansions. I know what's gonna happen. Uh, but no, um, we we get introduced to this character, and for the life of me, will mm-hmm. I saw this character? I said she looks familiar. Oh Why man, does she look familiar. Where have I seen her before? That hair. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, I had that same thought in the cold open. Yeah, I was like. No, I I didn't see her in the cold open. I think I was um, looking more at at the luxury part. Oh, okay. I didn't notice her there. I did notice. Yo, oh no, I did notice her um, because I liked her outfit. I thought the uh, the the the, uh, the yeah uh, luxury was pretty cool. But when we finally see her, I'm like, why does she look familiar? Like it was on the tip of my tongue. Like, why does mm. she look familiar? Like, did I see her in Johto? Did I? <laughs> <laughs> Did I see her like, is she like a side character from Pokemon Chronicles? Like, why? <laughs> and we f- come to find out that this is Marble, who is a ace detective in, in her mind. Mm-hmm. And she is Officer Jenny's uh, student. And it clicked. And I was like, oh, this cosplaying is Officer Jenny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt I felt so dumb, Will, because I was like, I know the answer. Why do I, why does she look familiar? Um. Yeah, to find out that, that she kind of um, 
She 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 was um Rock Lee before Rock Lee was even introduced. Uh, she designed her hair just like Officer Jenny's, just like Rock Lee does it, just like a uh, guy sensei. So so the fact that that answer was solved, I was like, oh, okay, so she's a protege of Officer Jenny, so she wants to be a Jenny. So I mean, I, I think that's interesting, and it makes me wonder, like, are there officers that aren't named Jenny now? Can can is that like canon now that there's um. Might be officers like Marble that right. are paying homage to the Jennies. Yeah, like at this point, all the Jennies and all the Joys have their own like interconnected families, and then there's this person who's just straight up named Marble. And we also got this in the Nurse Joy episode where she has two daughters that aren't named Joy. Hmm. So maybe Jenny is like a title. <laughs> no, no, because their their last names were Joy. R- right, right. With Joy, I was just yeah. like that so makes that, sense. That yeah, that's, last that's name. where we thought that that the that maybe the the father married into the family, which is I think is common in in Japanese culture. I think mm-hmm. in Asian culture as as a whole. So that kind of makes sense now because it just dawned on me like at this very moment. Um. So yeah, I. I guess we can assume there might be some people. Yeah. What did you think uh, about Lux Ray? Since you mentioned that it was the thing that you focused on in the cold open. Oh, definitely. Uh, Lux Ray is is one of those those Pokemon that if you ask me, uh, what's your favorite Pokemon? Depending on the day, uh, Lux Ray would definitely be an option. What? Even yeah, though you never played you... Gen Four? Yeah, because because um. He it appears in Kalos as uh, one. Oh, of, true. What's his name? I I keep forgetting his name in English because I never watched it in English. Clement? Yeah, one of his Pokemon. Um, mm-hmm. So I think design wise, it's an amazing design. Uh, it reminds me of uh, Raidramon from Digimon Adventure Two uh, because they have the same color scheme, like uh, black body, and then there's like blue on the face, the mm-hmm. yellow accents. Um, but I, 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 I can never make the connection that it's like a lion or a cat because its face reminds me of, of a baboon. Mm. I don't, yeah. Uh, but I think as a Pokemon, it's, it's one of the, the best, like, designed Pokemon. It's not necessarily a Pokemon that I, I'd have on my team because just so many, for me, there's like so many cool designs and when it comes to Pokemon, so like. If I see, like, if I were to have Luxray on my team and I find something else, I'm like, oh, I'll probably swap it out. Just because of design-wise, um, one of my reasons why I'm such a, a huge fan of Pokemon, just so many designs when it comes to Pokemon. Um, but I was definitely shocked to see that this Luxray didn't know any uh thunder type attacks or electric type attacks and um, right. again as as someone who hasn't played the game is this something that happens to a luxray in the game interesting question this is completely original for the episode oh it is okay. yeah yeah. Oh, yeah i think that would make sense because uh i caught a shinx in the <laughs> yeah. armor and it did no electric type attacks <laughs> i don't know what yeah. i forgot Okay, so 
Yeah, because I was about to say, is it like, does it need to be like a specific level to learn? Mm. Okay, so this is just anime exclusive. That this he, Luxray doesn't know any. Right, it's very much just this Luxray, and that's, I think, the thing that frustrated me the most about this episode. They never explain why. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was waiting on that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, is it a personality thing? Like, we, we get Marble's side of it in how she is... Her relationship is kind of breaking down with Luxray because of its, so, its like, own frustration with its moves. But we yes. never really get that, like, explanation. Like, wait, what happened to this Luxray? Yeah, like, I was, I was definitely waiting... Um... It kind of, if, if well, I I thought that maybe, um, it would give us like a backstory. Like mm-hmm. that's why I was like, oh, okay, so I'm gonna ask because maybe it's something that has to do with the game as well. Um, yeah, this for some reason this luxury up to it becoming a luxury doesn't know any electro type attacks, but we never get the reasoning as to why whereas with main trick they kind of gave us the reason why you couldn't do that attack right with main trick it was just it's yeah too powerful and they can't control yeah. it here it's like the opposite and it, and it's just like it's just so random um we we get flashbacks of uh, them training, but it doesn't work. And then when they're trying to help Officer Jenny, it gets away, like a criminal gets away because of that. Uh, and that also brings me to my question. So we skipped over this, but this character is from Johto, specifically Mahogany Town. Yeah. And she Mahogany. just has a Luxray there? Oh. Considering we didn't know there was a battle frontier in Town until the third season. That's, yeah. Or that I guess. Were, Pontus were a thing in Town. <laughs> well, um, the thing is, why, why do they make, okay, there, there is one explanation, but it's totally not to do with the region. Um, but, the, like, it just seems weird to me that they would have to go, like, we brought this officer from Mahogany Town, <laughs> and she you happens to have a Luxray. You know what's even weirder? Mm-hmm. Is that Brock knew that that Jenny was from Mahogany Town. Right, he's the one who guesses, and Matthew's like, how the heck do you know that? And, like, yeah. we don't even see her until the end of the episode. Yeah, like there wasn't even a picture. No, there wasn't like even like oh, I went to Hoenn specifically. Oh well, look for Officer Jenny, or did he say that something? Uh, to, he alluded to. Oh, it. yeah. So what math? Okay, no, that's okay. That's even the weirdest part that I'm, we're like skipping over. Matthew reached out to this. Officer that's not even in his country. <laughs> to well, that's get... right. He said, he, "Yeah, he reached out and somehow Brock, <laughs> like three and fifty 
one together, and I was like, oh, from Mahogany Town. Like, yeah, yeah how did you know? <laughs> of all the towns, all the regions. Right. <laughs> and, like, why did Matthew not just get local police? Like, what the heck? Um, yeah, I mean... It's like, it's like if I get a, a leather, and someone's going to steal my, like, plush, my Pokemon plush, and I contact uh, the police in Canada <laughs> for help. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we have Matthew, who's mm-hmm. an voiced by another... Yes. Voice actor from 4Kids TV. And we've heard him lots of times in the the Indigo Plateau and Johto. Um, that mm-hmm. voice actor has like, voiced a lot of different um, characters in Pokemon. And he's uh, in charge of the manor guarding... Oh, it's his manor. Uh, he owns it, actually. Oh, it's his manor? Oh, okay. He's yeah. guarding the... Um, what was it called? The Old Charm? Or... Yes. The Old Charm. Okay. Yeah, and uh, in Japanese, it's Japanese. Yeah, in Japanese, it was known as the ancient uh, Omamori. I probably worded that wrong. Which means, um, which is like a lucky charm that um, okay. Japanese folks use. Yeah, it, it definitely translates to that. But I, I like the design of the thing. Um, mm-hmm. And is is this also like an anime only item or? What's your What's your guess? Or? I think I've seen it, which is why I'm saying like, yeah, it's probably in the games. Yeah, it is in the games. Oh, it actually. is in the games, right? Yeah, it's probably one of those items that I don't pay attention to a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, because but it's only in Sinnoh. What's only in Sinnoh? How have I seen it before? I have no clue. <laughs> it, there's a lot of generic key items okay. in Pokemon so, that... So this is one of the key items? Is it just like that you just keep? Uh, I'll explain as we get later on because there's a lot of interesting things about these two episodes uh, in terms of their connection to the games. Um, Yeah, but okay, so this is the timeline of this episode. At least two weeks before our heroes get here. It has to be at least like two weeks because the Team Rocket finds out that there's this treasure here called the Old Charm, assumes the identity of the Bandits B3, sends a letter to Matthew telling them that they're going to steal it, and then he contacts someone from Mahogany Town, who ends up being Marble. Marble travels to this place from across the region, like, uh, not even the same region, and they get the stakeout ready to catch the Bandit Beauties 3. That means Team Rocket (laughs) is traveling at least, like, three weeks ahead of where our heroes are sometimes, but can't find them. (laughs) Yeah, because they have, you know, their hot air balloon as transportation. That's true. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, like... Uh, they they go from here to there. Um, and in the the Bandits Beauties, this is such a random name. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they changed it because in the sub they're just known as the Three Beauties. Um, so mm. we also uh, get introduced to what I think is Luxury's ability, right? Keen Eye. 
Yeah, um, because it shows, well, it shows that Luxray can kind of see through walls, and that's also um, something that's in the Pokédex entries for the game. Mm -hmm. I don't think it has keen eyes and ability, though. I think that's what they said. I think they might, like, well... Keen eye is a uh, phrase. It was probably, it was probably the, the Dex entry, right? Because it's called the... Uh, is it called the, the Gleam Eye Pokemon? So that's probably why I got Oh, it. Yeah, yeah, that I might probably, be it. probably thought I heard Keen Eye instead of Gleam. Right. Pokemon. Oh, it's Gleam. So yeah, G-L-E-A-M. Gleam Eyes Pokemon. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have like a specific ability that has to do with uh, this way that Luxray can... And the Pikachu is just a part of its dex entry. Correct. It can either have okay. rivalry or intimidate, and then its hidden ability is guts. And okay. um, some of the in-game, like one of the in-game Pokédex entries from Diamond is, it has eyes which can see through anything. It spots and captures prey hiding behind objects. But that, like... That whole thing has also frustrated me a bit because they are so explicit with its ability to do that, yet there's no move that it can learn that puts that into practice, which I find really weird. Yeah, I feel like, like sometimes they do <laughs> those certain things. <laughs> like, let me see if it... Like, the only vision or like face related move that i can think of is that it learns scary face which does not seem like a strong thing like maybe if it learned foresight yeah that's what i was thinking too mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it does it <laughs> it learns like yeah. baby doll eyes <laughs> um shockwave like it's very odd that they do that they make that a big part of its um, biology, but they don't do anything in-game to really capitalize on it. Yeah. Do you think in terms of um, Luxray's character, uh, the focus more on it not knowing Electro-type attacks took away from the fact that the episode was supposed to be based on its eyes? Because even the title is Luxray's oh, Yeah. Even the... And then in the Japanese, it's called Luxray's Eye. The episode title. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I think it's very much unnecessary. I think they could have just made it about the relationship between the two, Marble and Luxray, and yeah. not have this extra thing about the electricity. Okay, yeah, yeah, because... Mm. Because there's so much the more happening in this episode that, like, I guess they kind of stretch it a bit by saying, like, oh, she wishes she could, like, copy how Ash works with Pikachu because Pikachu's electrotype moves work. But yeah. there, there can be stronger things here. Yeah, but we see that, that this luxury is, like, it's not paying attention to her and it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of, like... Kind of like mean to Pikachu, and, right. and this being because it's mad at itself for not knowing electric type of attacks. Yes. So for me, I feel like I feel like this was more of the main focus rather than 
title being like, hey, pay attention to its eyes. That's what <laughs> it's kind of all about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you see, like, like this, this Luxray is, is um, very, kind of like Buizo, it's very prideful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it kind of takes it uh, in the, in the, a bad way. So I guess it's kind of like eating itself down, being like, man, how can I be a Luxray and not know? Yeah. Electric type attacks. And kind of like and... rejecting and, and resenting Pikachu as well. Mm hmm. I mean, the title is mostly in English, at least a pun, because yeah. it's like X ray vision, which they do show and is kind of helpful throughout the episode, but. <laughs> that's like the B or C plot compared to everything else that's going on. Yeah, there is a lot in this episode. Yeah, so to get back to the plot, um, they are sticking out this place because they, they know the Beauty Bandits 3, aka Team Rocket, is going to come in and steal the old charm at exactly 8 o'clock. Um, and <laughs> Don and Brock and everyone kind of go back and forth on how, like, what the plan is going to be. Uh, because Team Rocket comes ten minutes before eight to see to like supposedly move it to a different spot before the thieves come, uh, and then they're like, "Wait, what if it's actually the clock is wrong and it's ten minutes back, so that they can s- still be honest, but they're actually tricking everyone else here about the the old charm?" Which I thought was kind of a cool detail and. I'm trying to see if there's a specific book that's being referenced, but I couldn't find it. I'm sure there are. Um, so I have like two two points. Mm-hmm. And one, the first one is just like not a big thing, which is um, trope of marble, uh, being like every time someone suggests yeah. something, I'm like yeah, I was about to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second one, which was uh, which was like really frustrated me. Um. Not in a bad way, but like, you know, why can't you do this all the time? And when Team Rocket comes in to take the uh, the charm, Don's like, wait a minute. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, you guys aren't the bandits. Mm-hmm. And Brock being like, yeah, they probably turned like the clock around. Why Why are they never this suspicious <laughs> them every other <laughs> single time? Yeah. Like, come on, man. If you guys are this smart. <laughs> I I think this time it's because... They specifically have a leather and being like, we have to be on guard. But yeah. Yeah. other times they're a little, they're just more relaxed. Is I think that's might be the explanation. Yeah, I mean, I I did enjoy it. I thought it was like mm-hmm. uh, a very funny moment. But like the fan in me was like, why can't you guys be like this all the time? Come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. There can be <laughs> some consistency there for sure. Yeah, like we go back to that episode where like Brock is like, how do they always do that? I'm like, come on, Brock. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, Team Rocket manages once again for the kids. Mm-hmm. But this is they're about to leave. Matthew walks in. And uh, asks, you know, how's everything going? And they're like, oh, um, we're going. It's going good. Like uh, the the guards that you specifically requested to take the the charm are here. It's like, what? What do you mean? Right. And so that's, that's when their plan um, fails, and uh, they they try to run away on the balloon. 
uh, Ash brings out Staravia, and uh, Meowth and and company thinking like, nope, we got you this time. You're not gonna you're not gonna um, get us this time. Pushes a button, then to turbocharge to the like, I'm assuming the right. Uh, Staravia misses, but they run into a pointy uh, needle from I'm assuming one of the roofs of the the yeah. mansion. And uh, that was, I thought that was funny. I thought that was like a uh-huh. funny little moment. It was like, ah, we got you this time, but like, nope. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they do to themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, they crash and um, they escape, and we find out there's booby traps in this house. Yeah, which I'm like, hold up. Didn't, did you not think to mention this <laughs> earlier? <laughs> Yeah. When, when you're trying to, like, arrange this whole operation to catch the thieves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, no, this is, like, the plot twist of the episode, basically, where they're like, oh, yeah, this mansion has baby traps and a whole underground dungeon. And you're like, uh, okay, then. Yeah, and and what's worse is he doesn't bother to give them a blueprint of the house. You're right. He just gives them the entrance because yeah, and they like well, yeah, they get to where the balloon crashed, and he re- he like says, "Oh hey, watch out! There's booby traps." Luxray uses his vision and accidentally scares Pikachu into standing yeah. on one of the triggers, and tries to save it, which I thought was kind of cute. Yeah, that was that was definitely like one of those, like oh, I messed up. Um, but it was also like surprising to see like Luxray watching out for Pikachu when like right. a couple of uh, uh, scene earlier it was like get away from me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, to no avail, they both fall down. And then and Ash when, tries to jump yeah, after Ash them. <laughs> after them. And um, they decide, like, oh, we need to go get them, but there's too many boo traps. And that's when he conveniently says, oh, I know the entrance. Mm-hmm. And I think he decided he was going to go with them, but Marble was like, no, it's okay. We got this. Or I got this. Mm-hmm. He was like, okay, but. <laughs> He's not convinced. When, yeah, this is when him as a responsible adult should say, like, oh, here's a map just in case. Yeah. Like uh, something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, like, man. Oh. So they head down there. Uh, Marble and Ash kind of have a heart to heart, which is, I think, the best part of Marble here because holy crap, she got so annoying. Like, like everything she was saying was literally like the same line repeated up until this point. So I'm like, good, just like make her a normal person for a minute. Yeah, I, I can see, I can see, like, why for you, she felt like annoying, because it's like, mm-hmm. she's saying anything else, can she, but, um, I think there's was just, she like, different a, in the dub? No, she was exactly the same. Oh, no! She like, yeah, she was like, yes, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, man. I feel like, she, I feel like she's, like, remarkable judge, you know, that I was always like, remarkable. <laughs> um, that's just, like, their thing, I guess, as, as their way of, like, saying, like, oh, this character is funny. Um, this is why you should enjoy this character. Um, but she she mm. does she does come off more. Um, yeah. I can't find the word for, for it. For me, it was irritating. 
Okay, um, but it, for me, it's not. It's not. It's not entertaining. She comes mm-hmm. up more. She brags more about herself in. I feel like in in the the English version than in the Japanese version. Ah, okay. In the Japanese, she's she feels like she's just like a silly mm. character. Um, she's not as like arrogant. Arrogant. There you go. She's okay. not as arrogant, but it's like in in the Japanese, I actually do laugh at her when she does like. Yeah, that's I what see. I was gonna say. Whereas in here, it was like, "Oh yeah, I I was about to say that." Um, right. Yeah, we definitely have like that heart to heart with her, and and Ash tells you, you know, like, by being Luxray's friend, like, have you tried doing that? Yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, like, uh, okay, Ash, what are you getting at here?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it leaves her thinking, and and uh, in the back, just Brock and Don just smile at each other and. Just, don't even say words like mm-hmm. yeah, um, they, yeah they're just listening which is like oh okay yeah and then uh we we see um team rocket out of nowhere they took out like three pickaxes right, and started <laughs> started tunneling in inside the dungeon mm-hmm. um i wonder how they do that like how do they just pull stuff out of like nowhere yeah we'll never know um, but like it's it's kind of funny. Like, oh yeah, that makes sense. They they're always digging, so this isn't out of character. Yeah, which is like I think that's why there was like a nod to me. I was saying like this kind of work. Um, I always enjoy this kind of work, like the digging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think it was just like a nod to like how back then they would always dig holes uh to trap ash. Right, um, and then yeah, so those yeah, that was like a like a funny rocket moment. Get back to Pikachu and Luxray <laughs> going through the tunnels. Luxray using its eye, eyes. Um, I said eye, eyes uh, to look for for the paths. I think that's when they run into their trainers, right? Yeah. So right before that, yeah, after a while, Luxray falls into a trap. Oh and yes, this is this. Pikachu manages yeah. to save it by biting its tail and then dragging the full weight of this lion <laughs> yeah. uh, back to safety. Mm-hmm. Then there was another part where the like Pikachu stepped. Mm-hmm. These uh, sharp needles were thrown out kind of like Indiana Jones-esque. Mm-hmm. And Luxray uses Iron Tail like, to knock them out. It was really yeah. cool to see them like, cooperating. Yeah, it was really nice. Like, oh, like you don't need any narration, and you can very clearly tell what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like um, the anime always does a good job when it comes to like Pokemon moments where mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need subtitles to know what they're saying or or what they're doing. Right. And this was one of those those moments. Yeah, and that's why there was this one episode of Sun and Moon that. I couldn't finish watching because I was like, oh, cool. It's going to be a Pokemon episode because Ash like disappears. But the whole time there's narration. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just like you got to chill. Um, I think it was one that happened at the same time as the Sarah aura one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but that's what I kind of like about these older episodes is that they they don't feel the need to to explain it. Like they they have confidence in the viewer uh, 
to understand what's going on. Did you like the um, Hidden in Stoutland one? Uh, I think so. I can't remember uh, that one too well. I feel like that was their best work. Without the narration? Um, yeah, when it came to like right. knowing what the Pokemon mm-hmm. was feeling. I tell you, Will, I was crying the entire episode. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh my god, they're not going to do this, are they? So, <laughs> but yeah, it was just one of those moments. Like, mm-hmm. You give credit to the voice actors as well because they right. have to convey so much emotion with just sound effect. Yeah. A very and, limited vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. And, and the way like uh, animators draw expression. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they definitely... Definitely um, excel when it comes to those type of things. Yeah. Um, just like, like in the Chimchar episode, when Chimchar is talking to Meowth, mm-hmm. having that heart-to-heart, or like Chimchar is like, like reminiscing about the way it was treated with Paul. It's like experiencing like, wait, it's, it's right. different than, than what I've been going through. <laughs> um, exactly. Like, or like Cacnea's determination, like when Bieber was lazy, but then <laughs> he gets kind of upset at, at, at that the the Pokemon are doing the work, but they're doing mm-hmm. it the wrong way. Um, so yeah, they're they're yeah, definitely good at showing those kind of like emotions, right? Uh, and here we get an emotional moment between Luxray and Marble once they they find each other underground, and Pikachu and Ash immediately embrace, and there's like a slight hesitation for Marble. And so she just runs up and hugs Luxray. Yeah, and, and she's cheery-eyed. Yeah, and they're both blushing, and it's super cute. Yeah. She's like, Luxray, you want to be my friend? Yeah. And Luxray's <laughs> like, really? Yeah. That was a cute moment. And, and, and it gets ruined. <laughs> right. <laughs> Finally being broken. Right. Team Rocket. <laughs> Yeah, they they're about to die, <laughs> and then Luxray finds the switch to to stop the walls from closing in on them. Uh, and then Team Rocket shows up. They have a battle. Pikachu shocks them, and then Luxray kind of absorbs some of the electricity. So Brock's like, "Hey, maybe you can sh- use electric moves right now." Um, yeah. and they use um. a charge beam, and it's fine. Um. Team Rocket gets blasted off, and then we come outside, and they realize that the old charm got moved to a different safe that Team Rocket has, and Matthew's like, oh, yeah, like, this is gonna be hard to unlock, and he's like, Marble's like, no, it's okay, and <laughs> Luxury just uses Thunderfang on the box, and it, it's able to open it, so I guess it was an electronic box? Uh, I'm assuming you have like a magnet, I guess. Oh, maybe. But, but go ahead. What did you What did you think about that? Like, <sighs> the electricity, and all of a sudden it knows two electric type attacks. Well, the thing is, it knows the moves because it clearly Marble wasn't trying to teach it the moves; it was just trying to use oh, that's them. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the issue was just like it couldn't get the power for some reason and this is such a weird way to resolve that that they're like 
oh, it needs to, like, absorb some electricity from Pikachu to be able to use that move. But now I'm like, wait, does that mean it still has the problem? Does it still need to rely on external electricity to be able to use its electrotype moves? Yeah, that's what I was left thinking, too. Like, is it going to be able to do it after mm-hmm. that? Or was it just, like, like a, a spur of the moment, like, give it its hero moment? Yeah, and like... like <laughs> do that but then she 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 makes it use um charge beam again without uh-huh. any problem whereas um and i'm gonna keep going back because i just enjoy this episode cagnia only got um <laughs> once come on if you're gonna <laughs> throw oh, um, you're gonna throw logic out the window do it every time that's just for specific moments yeah um Oh, yeah. that's and, funny. and again, we we don't get an explanation for it either. Nope. It's just like, <sighs> hey, it just it it became the power of friendship, I guess. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> they specifically <laughs> show how they're friends, and then Brock goes out of the way to explain, like, oh, maybe now it can use it because it got some electricity from Pikachu. But I'm like, no, that. But that doesn't explain why the electricity was... Like, why can't do the moves? Because they're friends, so... It can't be friendship. <sighs> yeah, because we, we've had cases where, like, Pikachu's weak. Mm-hmm. And they've used electricity to help it. Yeah. Um. There's, a, like, the Spirit Tomb episode where... What didn't really... It wasn't weak, where it was just more like... Just telling you, like, do it right. into the clouds so that it comes back to you. Mm-hmm. Even stronger, and uh, we see like I think even Togedemaru has that specific ability, where it can absorb the electricity and give it back. Yeah, um, stronger. With this, it was just like jumps into it, <laughs> and all of a sudden, <laughs> it like I guess it cured its dormant electric type cells or something. Something. Um, it was it was yeah, not great. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, okay, is it just like a one-time thing? Like, right? Is is it just gonna be able to use it this specific um, moment, and then after that, it's gonna be accepting of itself mm-hmm. because it now has marble as a friend? But no, like without fail, it does it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh and this opens up the old charm, which Matthew is thankful for, and then Officer Jenny shows up, and oh, it's Mahogany re- Town. Yeah, all the way the from boat. Mahogany Town. Out of the boat or the plane, <laughs> right? The airport to this specific yeah. city. There's not even a city. It's like in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the middle of nowhere. And then Brock just like, yeah. Geez, this was me the most uh, uncomfortable. I feel like Brock has ever made me feel. Oh really? Okay. I feel like his reaction was like super unnecessary, like over the top. I think it was because um, he actually knows this Jenny. That Jenny, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they met was. all the way. They just, okay, so I looked it up. This is, okay, this is where it comes together. Are you ready? Have you seen the episode where this Jenny first appeared? I have, but it's been so long. Okay. That I'm not going to remember it. So, this Jenny is from an episode called An Exciting Adventure. Okay. And um, 
this is an episode where they are just going through the Johto region and uh, at a Pokemon Center that they're staying at one night, the egg that Ash is carrying, which is Fampy's egg, disappears. In Johto? You mean yeah. Hoenn, right? In, no, in Johto. Mahogany is in Johto. Doesn't Ash get Fanfy in the Battle Frontier? No, uh, he gets it in Johto as an egg, and he hatches it, he even uses it, but then when he goes to Hoenn, he leaves it at the Professor Oak's off, uh, Professor Oak's laboratory until coming back for Battle Frontier and gets Fampy back in this party. Oh. Uh-huh. Easy, like, in my head, like, it was always the Battle Frontier. Yeah, and that's because he doesn't get Fampy until the last two badges of Johto. Yeah, because I do remember him having it in, like, that case. Mm-hmm. But I guess in my mind, because he used Fanfi more in the Battle Frontier, like... Yes, I just he, he used it way that more. He got it in the Battle Frontier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's probably yeah and I can because... totally see that, because, like, he, he barely has time to use it in Johto before the season ends. So I'm glad they brought it back for, for Battle Frontier, for sure. Yeah, it was definitely, like, one of his... Um... I guess you could say like his ace Pokemon that he used a lot. Yeah, it like evolved complain. and everything. I, yeah, like yeah, I won't. I, I can't complain because I love Fanfi and. Uh, same, same. Um, okay, so he met her all the way. Oh, that's right, because Mahogany is Johto City. Jeez, oh, my brain yeah, is like uh, so scrambled today. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, like. <sighs> The Johto cities can be a mess because they're they're very bare bones, especially in the anime. Um, but this is where they call Officer Jenny, and Jenny acts exactly like Marvel does, where she goes and they find clues. Misty and Brock and Ash all like come to conclusions and then she goes that's what i was going to say and then she arrests people until they're like wait you forgot this clue and they're like oh no that you're right i was gonna say that oh you see yeah it's ringing a bell now that's really mm-hmm. cool that they actually yeah. did continuity but yet that's just still the same age oh. <laughs> um well, the that's funny crazy. thing about that, that yeah, and that's the connection that this episode is trying to make, which is, like, cool, but also such a stretch. Like, <laughs> out of all the things to connect, it's this location in Sinnoh to this episode <laughs> in the Johto region. Do you think... Brock put two and two together when he saw the way Marble acted, and then they're saying that is literally student. the only explanation. Yeah, right. That's like the only. That's for him to know that specific Jenny, that specific town, mm-hmm. the Johto region. Yeah, at Sinnoh, mm-hmm. Johto region. Um, it's just like it's a like lot. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and like he well he earlier in the season he recognizes the officer Jenny from Viridian City. Um because she's she shows up at the museum when they 
the the lustrous orb disappears. Yeah, I think this is probably my head making that up again. But there's a specific reason episode reason episode where where what kind of tells how he can tell them apart, right? Yeah, he at, at some points he's like said like, oh, they have like a a slightly different hair or like. Uh, like yeah. minuscule details. So in the last episode, you know how they said there were Mount Cornet. Mm-hmm. This is between Hartholm and Selassie on town. Mount Cornet is not on this side at all. It's actually on the west side of Hartholm City. So that was one of the errors there. And I thought this episode was also continuing that trend and just putting, putting like in-game locations in in different spots, but that doesn't seem to be the case, um, because there's something called the Trophy Garden, which is located at the Backlot Mansion, and that is also on another route that's next to Hartholm City. So I assume that the anime just kind of moved both of these places in between these two uh, routes. But it looks like the only one that actually had an error was um, was the Mount Cornet one. But this one actually seems to be an original location. But the item, the old charm, is from the game. But it has no business being here. Because you know who gives you the old charm in the games? If you had to take a guess? Your mom. No! <laughs> Good guess. Uh, professor. Uh-huh. Mm-mm. Got one more? Uh, 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 daycare? No, it's actually Cynthia. Oh. So, she will give you this charm later in the game. And the only purpose is that you have to deliver it to her grandmother when you get to this town. When you give it to her grandmother, she gives you the HM for surf. Oh, okay. Ah, Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's literally the only purpose. That's why I'm like, I know what this is, but I don't know what it does. But it's it's just to... um, just to kind of progress the story. Oh, you you know why I thought I saw it? Uh-huh. Because me, the design reminded me of um, Claw. Yes, it does look like that bit. Yeah, that's why I was like, I know I've seen this before. Definitely, yeah. Okay. Um, but oh, that's the other so- connection that this place kind of tries to put together. I really was certain this was also the backlot mansion with the trophy garden. But I just looked it up and it seems like that's actually going to show up in a different episode. So my bad oh. there, but the old charm okay. in is still something that is the relationship to the game from this episode. Uh but yeah, that's pretty much it here. So what would you rate Lux Ray Vision? Let's I'm gonna give it um six and a half, six point five. Okay. Um, I did enjoy it more in the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't seem as um, arrogant. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do like her catchphrase, like, oh, I don't know who spilled the beans, but they spilled them. 
Oh, and she's like whiffing the. Oh man. <laughs> that was weird. Oh, and then that little like dig like where Ash is like, "Yep, she's definitely humble." <laughs> um, uh, overall, it was pretty enjoyable episode. Um, I feel mm. like season two for me so far, they've been giving me like nonstop good episodes. Um, I'll have episode to agree one, with you. All the way to episode seven, I've enjoyed watching every one of those episodes. Um, yeah, like. Even though these two episodes are probably my least favorite from the bunch, I feel like the character and the situations are pretty unique and hard to classify as just filler because they do they do like a lot of fun stuff in here that in some ways is new and refreshing, even though they really don't develop the characters at all, uh, like our main characters. I think they're just very unique, very unique um, watches for people who've been watching the anime, even for a long time. Um, but the setup and all these weird connections and timeline for this episode do bring it down for me. I kind of wish they had like focused on a f- fewer details because we're we literally talked for a few minutes both at the beginning and end about Lux Ray's electric powers and how there's still there's still zero explanation of what happened there. So I would probably yeah. give this episode a five point five out of ten. I, yeah and and um I do not I d I don't know if you feel the same, but do you feel like the animation has gone down a bit? Um I think it was it, noticeable for like, me in the Cacnea episode, but I feel like for yeah. these two, it was still yeah. pretty good. Yeah, because that episode, like, there was a, like, a <laughs> lot of a lot of scenes where they looked flat, like the characters yeah. in the background looked super flat. All of them were like, I Pikachu had like big pupils, um, and I think it's understandable because. Um, Anime's uh, studios technically, I mean, not technically, studios have this um, thing where when they want a budget on a specific quality of animation, they'll cut down on other episodes. Mm-hmm. The quality of animation. Um, because this, yeah, this is the season that introduces like that background, that 3D background when um, we get to future battles. I feel like they cut down the budget so that they'd have enough budget to those backgrounds because we we get one of those backgrounds when um Pikachu is on top of uh Luxray when I think they do their final attack. Yeah. Rocket. Um so yeah, it's definitely it was noticeable noticeable the first couple of episodes. Right. And like even in this episode there's so many things with the walls moving that were 3D. Uh, and did make it a little higher quality, but also like <laughs> the whole underground thing was completely out of left field. So I don't feel like that was a a huge determining factor for why they they spent money on this episode for that. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it it did improve it. Slightly because 
of the visuals there. Um, though I, I won't say it's the strongest. It might be more related to a future episode, actually, um, which has similar effects. So I'm maybe they're just testing it here to see if it works, but um, we'll see if that comes up in that next discussion. But this is pretty much it for Sights on Sinnoh episode 37. Manny, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, of uh, season two, um, we started. We're starting. We're here now. Season two, um, in the Sites on Sino headquarters, which is in a warehouse located in <laughs> an unknown location that Will got us. Yes, um, <laughs> secret facility <laughs> underground yeah, of, secret, of a mansion. Secret facility underground where there's lots of booby traps. Yes, uh, for us. Don't get don't get close. You might not make it out alive. Yep, we cannot start off into well at least for me without poem professor oak yes what is that poem manny well i thought since we had two episodes we do one for each of the, the um, pokemon of the week those episodes bubble pass and luxury okay oh We'll start off with Probopass because it was the first one. Professor Oak wrote, Probopass. If you want to evolve one, go to Mount Coronet. Oh my god! <laughs> well, if you want to evolve, go to uh, Mount Coronet. Alright. But that's not all. We have the second one. Okay. More Words of Wisdom by Professor Oak. He goes, Grinning when it finds lost items, that is Luxray. Okay. I uh, think the second one is much stronger. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Poems by Professor Oak. Um, don't know. He considers himself a poet. Yes. Oh, Don, though Don is a fan of him. A Pokemon oh. poet, to be specific. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Don is a fan, so... Guess we'll give him that moral victory. Yeah, uh, in two, man. That's that's crazy. We're already here. Yes, and question of the week that I'd like to propose to you, even though you we'll, we'll see as the season continues, because there's actually kind of likely. Are there any actors from other shows that you'd like to see cameo as new trainers, uh, just like for the week? The same way that Alan was. Uh, actors Ooh. from different animes. Um, there's definitely a lot because I have this tendency of listening to voice actors to see if I know who they are. Mm-hmm. And I do it as well, like, yeah, sub as well. Um, it just, when I, when I, when I hear a voice actor, it just, it gives me like a more fond respect for them. Um, like for example, Japanese voice actor for Overhaul uh, voices a couple of characters in other animes that I've watched, and I hear that voice actor, um, it, that certain character becomes my favorite character of the show because I just like the voice, the tone that that uh, actor brings. So because I've brought in a couple of four kids, English voice actors. Don't know their name specifically, but sure. is it um, just a character? Yeah, 
It would be cool if they brought back uh, Brock, his original voice actor. Oh, that'd be interesting, yeah. Uh, because uh, he voiced James, but he also voices Kaiba in Yu-Gi-Oh! A bunch Ooh. of other... It would be uh, really cool other... if Brock's voice actor voices a certain gym leader that we'll see later on. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I, I, I'm, oh, man. I'm, I'm definitely excited because... Uh, episode 76 is bringing back a character that we haven't met yet. Um, don't know if we'll meet him in this season. But I'll give you a, a clue. He reminds me of a uh, fourth Hokage. Oh, I know who it is. I don't know yeah, who, um, who it is you just mentioned, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I saw yeah. an article. <laughs> yeah, so I'm curious because I've, I, I, this is also my first time watching Diamond and Pearl. Um, mm. in, in Japanese, I'm curious to see. This is just me wishfully thinking because it looks similar. If the Japanese voice actor for Minato also voices this character, for me, that'd be like a fan huh. moment because the Japanese voice actor for Minato voices uh, the Wizard King from Black Hole Over. Wait, really? Yeah. That, Weird. That okay. Be, instantly makes um me a fan and, and it was funny because um there's an episode that the wizard king like shows off it's his magic mm-hmm. when he does it i, I screamed out rasengan yeah um, and it would like that day after i found out that uh that they share the same voice actors I was like oh that's so cool um so yeah I'm and just for people who don't know minato is from naruto correct yes yes okay. minato namikaze from naruto more Naruto Shippuden, because that's where he comes out more. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because like in, in Naruto, they don't really tell you who he is. Uh, they just show you who he is. Whereas okay. In Naruto Shippuden, they kind of uh, introduce like his backstory and all that. Got it. Um. So yeah, uh, that was the first time I was introduced to this character that I want to see. Um. So for in the, for the Japanese version, I'm hoping that these two characters, uh, Minato and and this specific character, that I'm not gonna name just because um, we're not we haven't met this character yet, and I don't really want to spoil it for uh, Brady and Karina who haven't the series as well. Um, but going back, yeah, Brock's original actor. I would love to hear. I don't know if you know him, Johnny Young Bosch. Oh, thanks, um, so. Uh, did you ever watch uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Yes. Oh, uh, no, not really. Oh, uh, okay. I watched have, you seen, have you seen um, Bleach in English? No. I've not watched Bleached or Naruto. Okay. Uh, <laughs> have you seen Tower of God? No. No? Well, come on. <laughs> I really like you down here. Look, what uh, I was going to say for the question of the week is... I know there's been a past episode in another season where Sonic's voice actor voiced someone. Yeah. So I would like to see Knuckles voice a character in the anime. Well, he did. In the show itself? It's the engineer. But that was Knuckles? Yeah. That's the oh. same actor that voices Yugi. Well, uh, uh, just, well you said yeah. As- not as, um, oh, I see it now. Yeah. He's not a, yeah, he's not using 
that much of the raspiness. Okay. Uh, what about Amy? Because Sonic X was also under four kids. Right. Uh, what Amy? about Amy? I'm, I'm, I'm sure she was there during the four kids run. Yeah. Well, uh, I would want her for this one. It, like, it's, it's funny though that Big Knuckles is <laughs> here. <laughs> he also voices a character in one of the Pokemon movies, but that's not until way later on. Okay. Uh, and if you haven't already listened to this, this is likely out by the time already that you're hearing this episode. But we did do a review of the, f- or we are going to be having a review up of the first movie, Rise of Dark Ride, with Manny and a special guest. So stay tuned for yeah, that episode. Definitely looking forward to that after episode uh, 74 and 75 of Journeys. Yes, it'll be interesting. Can't, can't wait for the American viewers to watch those two episodes because the exposition that they gave on on Arkry and and Sally is just and it's oh so good. yeah okay it's so good like oh it's it's amazing like I I didn't I personally didn't know that those two were like connected oh interesting. Um, but this episode it gives you the reasoning as to why. Yeah. Um, those two episodes, and that's all I'll say. Like, I'm very excited. Like, see, um, the reactions of of um the viewers. I've seen, you know, like JM react to the journeys series. I'll definitely be looking forward to to like hearing his thoughts and your thoughts as well. When seven episodes seventy four and seventy five, which will probably be like. A while because um, next season doesn't come out to September, right? For Netflix, I don't think so. Oh, I'm not sure actually. I think I remember they said like a net, um, it would come out in September, so that's I think like 50 episode 50 and not forward. It probably would be like a good while until uh, the American audience gets to those two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm looking forward to watching the movie. Um, I haven't decided yet if I'll watch both versions of the dub and the sub. Yeah, so just look forward to that. It, it's going to be interesting for sure, as we're going to have more context definitely on, on what's going on in the show. Um, but that is something for you guys to look forward to if you haven't already checked it out. So... Once again, Manny, thank you so much for coming on for this week's Sights on Sinnoh and sharing those lovely Professor Oak poems with us. Enjoy them while they last because he changes up the format in a couple of episodes. All right. Well, good to know. And if you want to see all of our episodes so far, feel free to go through the channel, like and subscribe, all that good stuff. And... Uh, we will catch you guys next time as we get into two very plot-heavy episodes, so those will be interesting, too. And I've been Will. Manny. And we will see you in Sinnoh. Have a good one. And for Adventure Diamond and Pearl, we can save the world. <laughs> oh, man. DMCA. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>